James chapter 1, verses 26 to 27. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So uh, as Paul pointed out last week, we could really dig into that, keep oneself unstained from the world. There's something there that I think is connected to what he's saying, and that's not a completely separate thing. Um, but I wanted to start by just talking about, and I'm going to be honest, I've got, I've got this much notes, just, just this much of what I, so I'm hoping for some conversation. Um, if not, we'll be done really fast. Uh, so the, the question that I've heard, and I've heard other people phrase it this way, and I mentioned it last week, is um, what do we do as a Christian? And then I'm going I'm to adjust the question in a minute and say, what do we do as a church? I think the answers could be slightly different. Um, what do we do as a Christian um, when it comes to people and their needs? So on the one extreme, we have give them the gospel. Uh, on the other extreme... I'm going to say give them a sandwich, right, or whatever, fill in the blank, whatever the need is. Obviously, in the middle, there's that balance that we all seek to do, but there's been um, adjustments both ways. Has anybody ever seen a church shift so far on this side where it's like give them the gospel, but there's no attempt to meet a need? Anybody ever seen that in action? Yeah. Um, anybody ever seen the other side of that in action? Right? Give them a sandwich, but there's nothing about the gospel that's presented. Um, uh, This particular view, I think, is kind of important because this is, I think, and this is just me thinking, I think think that possibly this leaning, even with a verse like we're looking at, is where we get a lot of what people end up calling, I think, the social gospel. Okay? So there's, there's an attempt to love people and the gospel ends up kind of disappearing from the conversation and that all we're called to do is these things. And I think they've stepped off the end of the, the pier at that point, right? Um, let me ask you this question. I'm hoping, again, for a little bit of conversation. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Anybody like to give an example? without mentioning names or anybody necessarily, but anybody would like to give an example of that? Like the sandwich side? Yeah, yeah, the sandwich side that possibly stepped off the end of the pier and all they're doing is trying to meet needs and loving people, but the gospel, and, and maybe this will help if I say, if you, Salvation Army? That's a, good, that's a good example, because I think at this point, the Salvation Army, they're not presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're just trying to meet the needs, right? That's a good one. Well, and, and I don't want to come across the wrong way. Could you have somebody that that's all they're doing and it's not wrong? 
at least in those moments? Like, could there be moments where somebody, that's all I had a chance to do was try to meet a need and I didn't get the opportunity to share the gospel? Is that necessarily wrong? What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. I think it depends on it's very situational. Mm-hmm. So we're, I mean, we're, we're broaching the line into like the gray area of situational evidence. Yes. Uh, causes you to pause a little bit, but I think the underwriting motivator has to be the compassion that you're exemplifying. What? Jesus would have done. Like, yeah. So what was what does the compassion of Christ look like in this situation? Mm-hmm. Is this a you know sit them down and feed them moment, mm-hmm. or is this a flip the tables and rebuke them moment? Mm-hmm. What does compassion look like right here, right now? And <clears throat> I think there's some moments where all you can do is you know I think of it in child child rearing parenting like. There's some moments where there's not time for you to give them a lesson. You have to save them from dying. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to keep them from putting their hand on the burner. You have to push them out of the way of the car. You, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. They can't. It's not lecture time. It's time to do something. That's what you have time to do. Yeah. I think uh, in in that case, it's like, what is your motivation? Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I think the important thing is to decide or to determine what's a church. Mm-mm. You have non-government organizations. You have 501c, mm-hmm. you know, uh, tax-exempt organizations, not-for-profit organizations. So not not all of those, a bulk of those, are not churches. Mm-hmm. They are organizations. Yes. Right. So, I think of locally. There's a church downtown that has a food pantry. Mm-hmm. They have people lining up out the street to get their food, but those people are non-existent on Sunday mornings. Right. Um, I think there's there's a lot of places like that where mm-hmm. their goal is to get food out to as many people that want it, or not even need it. And that's, I think, what we're seeing nowadays is, is that you've got people clawing for anything they can get. Um, mm. The church, a lot of times, is just like, well, we want, we want to help these people, but these people don't necessarily need all the help that they're getting. And so the people that actually need it are missing out. Mm. Um, so in that same sense, there are other organizations that do provide health and assistance, but they also expect that there is something returned for that. That doesn't mean that it's like slave labor or anything, but mm-hmm. you have you have certain requirements that you need to fulfill in order to receive the benefits that we have to offer in some form. It gives them ownership, it gives them empowerment, it makes them feel like they're contributing mm-hmm. instead of this constant sap, I'm just showing up get my free stuff, and then I'm gone. Yeah. And that is not ministry. 
Mm -mm. And I'm not saying that God can't use those things, but from like a, from a church standpoint, from a Christian standpoint, that is not the end game. That's not the goal. Even the Bible talks about mm -hmm. those that need food mm -hmm. are welcome to come and green, uh, glean from the fields after yeah. it's been harvested. That they put in the work, they get the food. Mm -hmm. if, if my mother-in-law was here, she'd quote that, if they don't work, they don't eat uh, passage right now. <laughs> don't work, you don't eat. And I, I mean, I have some pretty strong feelings on this stuff, and I yeah. know it's, but I think that the church as a whole mm -hmm. has allowed the government to take over what it should be. But I, I mean... I think a lot of what the Bible is talking about, what Jesus is talking about, is that we are taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. not, not selfishly. Yeah. Taking care of the people in our body. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that we totally shun everybody outside around us, but our focus is on the body of Christ and yes. being a community to them. So the only way to expand that is to bring more people into the body of Christ. And I think that's the part that scared churches into, oh, yeah. the government take care of it because we don't want those people in our building right? mm. and that's uh, you see it yeah so so let me say this before we go on talking um talking about an issue like this and since she's not here i can say this talking about this is a little bit like when i'm going to subway and i ask charity what she wants it's complicated <laughs> and i'm probably going to mess it up like, I want this, but not this on this, but order this with this. And I'm like, can you just text it to me? Because I am not going to. And then, then I'm like getting my phone out when I go in. She wants. Um, but this issue, I feel like, is, is super complicated, isn't it? Because there's all kinds of whatabouts. What about in this situation? What about in this situation? What about in this? What about this? And, and so as we talk about it, I think it's important to say, if we say, hey, this is what we should do, there's probably some whatabouts that might slip right outside of that where I would probably go, well, we probably should do that. Okay, so as we talk about it, it's, there's a general, I think, idea, but then there's a lot of whatabouts that we, we may go. But I think Todd's hitting on some really important things, right? So let, let me throw this in here just to continue the conversation. So um, some that that have gone over this far, if, if they have somebody like Todd who says, like, hey, we're doing this, but says, well, what about in a different direction? And it's an evaluative thing, this evaluating the person. Like, there's some that would say, that would automatically, as soon as you start asking those questions, want to shut you down and know we should give. And they, they would go to a passage like this in James and say, pure religion is doing that, Right? And, and they, we ought to be doing this. Let me share a, a passage of Scripture with you. Um, 1 Timothy 5. Uh, and this speaks to some of the things Todd was talking about. Honor widows who are truly widows. Now, let me, let me, I'll read the rest. But when I say widows, don't think just about just widows. It's, it's anyone who, like a widow is a, is a great representative of someone who has lost, especially in that culture, means of support. So widows, orphans is usually what's mentioned, but it's really anybody that's lost that means of support. 
It says, honor widows who are truly widows, but if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. She who is truly a widow, left all alone, has set her hope on God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. But she who is self-indulgent is dead even while she lives. Command these things as well so that they may be without reproach. Um, and that's where it goes on to that last part. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, his own family, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And so there's, there's but you just think about that, honor widows who are truly widows, right? So there is an evaluative portion that we ought to be doing because this is written to Timothy as a pastor. So let's, let's do some scenarios. How about that? Okay. So now we're sh- I'm shifting now from just you as an individual to us as a church. Because the first scenario I'm going to give you, you as an individual may do something different than what we do as a church. Okay? So the first scenario, this one's happened many, many, many times since I've been here. Um, it's happened in person. It's happened on Facebook. It's happened phone calls. It just happened recently. Um, somebody contacts the church and says, I need money because, and then there's the reasons why. And it's usually, I'm not mocking, but it's usually a list of, like, I don't have this and, and this and this, and there's, I'm waiting for this and all these, all these reasons, right? It, it's difficult because there's a part of me that goes, because I love Jesus, I should just do it. Anybody that asks, right? Isn't there some scriptures that even say that? If anybody asks of you your tunic, give them your cloak also, right? There's, there's some things like that. But as a church, and so as an individual, I may feel compelled in that moment, and we can talk about that in a minute, what even feel compelled means, <laughs> right? I mean, that's opening up, a for me, a can of worms. Like, what does feeling compelled mean? Is that the spirit? Is that me? Is that true? Is that fault? What is that, right? But I may feel compelled to, and rightly so, to give somebody something out of my own pocket. That's something completely different. But as a church, what do we do, right? What do we do? What should we do? So that's the scenario. Somebody calls. No connection to us at all, right? I'll tell you, I can tell you after I hear some of your thoughts, I can tell you what we've done. But what, what should we do as a church when that happens? We don't know them at all. They just call up and say, I need, I need $200 just to get by. I'll give you one that happened uh, recently. Uh, I need uh, $200. I'm on my way to California, and I, we, we're, making, we're coming from New York, and we're going to California for a job for my husband, and he has a job out there. We just need to make it. We just need gas money. If I could have like 200 bucks, that would help us get, I think, most of the way from what we've got, and we're just passing through. Is there any way you could help? What do you do? You're the pastor. I'm out of it now. <laughs> Huh? Just to know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the way our church is set up is that the deacons handle the benevolent fund. Yes. And I've heard it done this way is that uh, we'd be glad to consider that. You need to come on a regular scheduled Sunday where the deacons are there. Uh-huh. And they're the ones who handle the benevolent fund. 
know, yeah. I know just several places that I've been and have done this, but they'll be like, hey, why don't we go and take you to the gas station with the gas container? Mm hmm. I know everybody's got their story, everybody's got their situation, but more often than not, unfortunately nowadays, especially, is that they're just pulling the leg. And that's a really cynical. And I think there's some, yeah. there's something that when you know it's legitimate, you know it's legitimate. Mm -hmm. uh, but even in those situations, saying, let's take you, let's go put gas in the tank, we've got If I just turned an angel away. Yeah. Yeah. If you lived in a big city, you'd probably have a different idea about this. Mm. I lived in Manhattan for years, and you know, I there's moments where you know, every day you're being asked for money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Every day, he was like, you're looking good today. Like, it's going to be a great day for you. He was, he was the nicest looking bum, like, but, like, he was there, and I was like, you know what, that's worth a dollar. You know? <laughs> Yeah. But I, I don't I don't 
know that there is in this society today, today we're talking about a broken, sin-cursed, fallen world where I think the what Todd was talking about earlier, the policy of like, you know, our, our foremost um, objective needs to be making sure that the body is taken care of and protected. Mm -hmm. And then everything after that needs to be more of a as God leads kind of deal. Mm -hmm. This has been good. You guys are helpful. Um, yeah. I know, just based on like what we see locally, there's a lot. There are a lot of shelters. There are a lot of places that people can go for help. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of places that have pretty strict requirements. Like you have to do these things in order to be able to stay in a facility. Mm -hmm. And there's been people that have taken advantage of those facilities and they got kicked out of them all. And then they'll go and camp out at Walmart with these sad signs and these sad faces. And it's like you. And it's not judgment. It's just. Mm -hmm. they they destroyed their own chances of being taken care of and now they're out begging for yeah. help. And I, I don't feel I feel sorry for them. It's not pity, it's just like man, I you know, they just if I have a bottle of water or whatever I don't have any problem with that. But I think the other part is, is like you have people that are out there pretending mm -hmm. to be a homeless veteran. And I'm not saying that they don't exist, but yeah. you, can, you can, hey, let's go grab a bike, sit down and talk to them. Right? Like, the least you're out is a meal. Mm -hmm. you know, like, talk to these people and find out what their story is. Um, I've done that, I think, maybe one time. Mm -hmm. The guy was not a legitimate veteran. And it's just like, he's wearing the, the costume, and he's got the folded up, worn out sign, but mm -hmm. he's just looking for free stuff. He gets in his big fancy truck and drives away to yeah. And so I think the biggest thing is, is like what the church is called to do, what we're called to do is like communicate with these people, talk mm -hmm. to these people. That doesn't mean put yourself in harm's way, but uh, you aren't going to know. It's easy to assume that just because they're standing there and they've got the sign that this is what they want, this is what they need, mm -hmm. when in reality it can be that they need more of a connection. Yeah. There's, yeah. 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 That's yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so challenging. There was one time uh, um, we had somebody showed up uh, at the church. We here. I'll give you another scenario. We have somebody show showed up at the church, and my dad was the the only one here. Do you guys remember this? And uh, actually should remember this because uh, um, they distracted him. The guy distracted him and it wasn't his children. He had his children come in and take stuff out of the building. Um, yeah, it took Ashley's guitar. Oh, did you? And you got it back eventually, right? At a pawn shop. Um, and so... It's it's hard, you know, which that, you know, I don't know if my dad can hear me out there right now, but that that was tough because, I mean, I, 
Uh, on the one hand, my dad, you've met my dad, right? You guys know, know him? Um, he, you know, for him to show that, that extent of compassion, but then to be taken advantage of is, is, is hard. Yeah, that's infuriating. But again, can I just say, complicated issue, is it not? Yeah. This is Pastor Matt. Unfortunately, the remainder of this particular Sunday School did not record. Uh, that's as far as we got, so I didn't want to just leave you hanging. That is where the recording ended. Thank you for listening to Edgewood Audio. Hopefully this won't happen again.